We're going to turn uh, to Luke's Gospel. It was read so uh, brilliantly earlier on by Levi and Lana. And Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. But I'm just going to lift out a couple of verses from it, from the reading that they uh, read earlier in the evening. A couple of verses will be Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And we're going to lift verse 10 and verse 11. And the angel said unto them, that is unto the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's read verse 11 again. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that's gone on and the people employing from the children to the teenagers, Bible class to Lord, the singers, the musicians, we thank you for each and every one of them. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts and talents employed for your glory this evening and throughout the year, Lord. Now, Father, for a few moments, we pray, Lord, you would settle our hearts to think think about Christ and upon Christ, to think of his sacrifice, of his precious blood, and the reason that he came was to save the souls of lost men and lost women. Father, if there's one here tonight that's not saved, not born again, who've never been by faith to the cross under the fountain of blood, we pray tonight, Lord, that this would be an evening when they would find themselves underneath the fountain. Lord, will you call, Lord, will you call souls tonight to the cross? For Jesus' sake, we pray that you would Save them for time and for all eternity. We give you the glory, for you alone are worthy. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We've been hearing such wonderful singing. The children taking part, the teenagers and the adults. We're hearing of different styles of singing, all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's nice to have this time of year when people do or thinking about giving gifts and so on. It's a nice sort of a time of a year. We have to ask ourselves, why did Jesus come? If this is when we celebrate, as in Christendom, if this is when we celebrate the birth of Christ, Christendom decides on the 25th of December to celebrate it then. So in that time period, why, why would we say Jesus needed to come to the earth? Did he come that we'd have a Christmas story? Is that it? Did he come that we would have something nice to do? Presents, gifts. Did Jesus come all the way from heaven's glory into a little manger as a baby? Did he come that we would have something nice to sing about and have a nice feeling at this time of year as we put it in that sense? Friend, I want to tell you the very title that I am I entitled this message tonight simply as He Came to Save. He Came to Save. It says in our reading, in verse 10, And the angel said unto them, unto the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
Now notice what he says then in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. If you notice here, he says, there is a great news, glad tidings to be had this day when Christ was born. That is when God became flesh, clothed in flesh. When the Eternal One became into a baby, into a manger. Why did Jesus come? Why did God's Son come and be born into a stable, into a manger as a baby? Why not just uh, why not just send an angel? The angels have come and proclaimed his name, so why God just not let the angels do it all? Because you see, an angel couldn't save you. And an angel cannot save you. And in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, capital S, speaking of a person. Speaking of a person, a Savior. There's two things that this tells me, and I want to point out to you this evening. Since God had to send a Savior, it means one of them. It means that man is then lost and cannot save himself. Man is then lost and cannot save himself. That is, mankind is lost and cannot save himself because God sent forth a Savior. If man or woman could save themselves by being good or religious, if man or woman could save themselves by going through ritual and ceremony, or even by trying to be a good citizen, if man or woman could save themselves, then God need not have sent a, a saviour. Need not have sent someone to save us. So one, it tells us that without Christ, you're lost. Without Christ, you're lost. Without Christ, the world was lost. Without Christ, we were all lost and dead in our sins and in our trespasses. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, every man and every woman in the sight of God are sinful because they are sinners. And they are lost without hope or help in themselves. So God was the only one who could meet the need. God sent forth his Son. Made of a woman, made under the law. And the child was born in Bethlehem. Secondly, it tells me this. It says that unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour. So some might say, see, he is a saviour, there must be other saviours. If he's a saviour, maybe there's other ways, other means of salvation. Well, we know already that we're all sinners before God and there's none can save themselves no matter what they do. But also in this verse, it tells us a Savior, capital S, speaks of one person. Salvation isn't found in C-E-T. Salvation isn't found in you coming to the choral service this evening or any evening. Salvation isn't found in you being a good churchgoer even. And salvation isn't found in anyone nor anything else because God had one saviour. He came himself in the person of his son and he went all the way to the cross for you. This tells me one, as we said, that man and woman is lost, completely, totally lost, bereft of God, 
unable to save themselves, but two, God sent forth a saviour. Not one among many saviours. Take note. Christ is not one among many saviours, nor one among a few saviours, nor is he one among a plethora of gods and saviours. The idea here is the one true living God became flesh in the person of Christ, and he is the only saviour. The one and only way to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none other, friend. There's none else. And you, you could go and try your best and you can be the best person, the best mother, the best father, the best grandparent, the best, best grandchild or, or son or daughter, the best person in society. You do your alms and your deeds and your good works and your charitableness and, and bring all of those things to Christ and still be lost. You can take pride in who you are and, or pride in what you do or even in your nationality and you're still lost. You're still lost. God knew that and God saw that and God sent forth his son that you might be saved. Why did God send his son? That you might be saved. Why did God send forth his only begotten son to the cross? That you might be saved, friend. That lost men might be saved. That lost women might be saved. That lost teenagers might be saved. That lost children might be saved. And that's why God sent forth his only begotten son all the way to Calvary. All the way to the cross. Now if Jesus had have came and just been a baby in a manger and and not have been God, then we were still lost. There is a, 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 a theory among many men. There's a theology among many people. And there's a thing among many in the world today to try and demigrate and downgrade the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he was just some sort of good man. He was maybe some sort of prophet or he was some sort of, of spiritual guru, a spiritual leader to lead the way. And if that's all Christ is, then we're still in our sin. And we're still lost. But thank God tonight, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He died for us. He died for your sin, friend. He died that you might be forgiven. He died that you might be saved. He died that you might go to glory. And without Christ, then you're without hope. I'll say it again. If you're without Christ, you're without hope. Matters not. Who you are or Lily you are, what side of the religious divide you're from. Doesn't matter who you say you are, how lily white your life is. If you're without Christ, you are without hope. But there's hope for you tonight because we're remembering that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Why did he come? He came to save. He came to save. If he had have stayed as a boy... If he had a stead, just as an ordinary man, none of us would have been saved tonight. And we would have all been launched out at the time of our death into a lost eternity. Listen, forever and ever and ever. Friend, don't you go out tonight. For you might go into a lost eternity forever. And ever, and ever. If you're without Christ tonight, 
If you're not saved tonight, if you're not blood-bought tonight, if you're not blood-washed tonight, then you could go out those doors to a lost eternity. Those were the words I heard Pastor James McConnell say the night I got saved. And they rung in my ears. You could go out those doors tonight and pass the cross. And you could go out into a lost eternity. Forever. And ever. And ever. Is there a man here tonight? Is there a woman here tonight? Is there a young person here tonight? And you know not Christ as your saviour? Your own Lord and personal Savior. Forget your friends and your family. The one in front of you, behind you, or beside you, or who you go home to. Oh, but I have this to to do first. And you know, Christmas parties are coming up. Friend, I can tell you something. You can go and do your Christmas parties. And I pray that God spurs your life. But friend, what if God took your very breath from your nostrils this night? Would you be like the man who says, with his great great, uh, farm, he says, I'll pull down my barns and build bigger because of the harvest that he gathered in. But God said, thy fool, this night, isn't that scary? Oh, I didn't come. This is, I come to hear a wee carol service, and you did. But I came to hear a nice wee story about the manger, but you are. It's good news. It's glad tidings. It's the best news you'll ever hear in your life, that you can be saved tonight. You can be right with God and you can be forgiven of all of your sins. Heading for glory. Salvation is off the Lord. I fully said this night, notice this night thy soul will be required of thee. I trust and pray tonight there's not one person here who will hear those words should they walk out of this place without knowing Christ as Savior. That they could say, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Why did he come? He came to save. He came to save. The word here for a saviour isn't that Jesus is one among a few, one among a plethora of saviours, or one among many. It's the old, the old saying is, oh, we're all getting up the mountain. And how do we know what's true, friend? I can tell you, you see that book, that's the only book that's full of prophecy that's coming to pass. Out of all the spiritual books, out of all the spiritual leaders, from all the spiritual gurus, it's this book that tells us what's going to happen before it happens. And the word of God is truth. And it's coming to pass. It's in this book where we're told that we don't need to do anything for our salvation, but accept what Christ has done. It's this book that tells us, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works lest any man should boast. This book tells me that Christ has done it all and he paid my debt. Every other uh, religion will tell you, do, 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 do. Do this and do that and see if you please God. Well, you need do nothing but come. But it says in this book, Christ said, it is done. It is finished. Christ has done it all. Pet our debt. And he's pet it in full. And friend, this is why you must know Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want to be in his heaven, if you want to be in his glory. Why would God send his son? One, because you're all sinners without Christ. We are all sinners without Christ. For all have come short of the glory of God. A saviour isn't that he's one among many. But it means God sent the only one 
the only one who could, the only one who can, and the only one who will, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved. Saved from your sin. Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from the wiles of the devil. Saved from yourself, friend, and saved from a devil's hell. What a wonderful story that we have in Luke chapter 2. In verse 10, it says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know something? You see, if we realize what we were really saved from, Christian, see if we realize and caught a glimpse of the hell, of the darkness, of all that we have been forgiven of and saved from, if we caught a real idea of it, just a little part of it, we would say, that is the best news I've ever heard or ever will hear, that Christ came and died for me. Save me. Save me. Save me by the shedding of his precious blood. You know, the the young, young people sang earlier on, Mary, did you know? That's your baby boy. He starts singing about all oh, Mary, did you know? One day we'd walk on water. One day he'll the blind, eh? You know what I love? It says, and when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. This little baby was God condescending the man. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. What a saviour. He's a saviour. But it means he is the only saviour. The only saviour. Notice, man was lost and needed a saviour. Man without Christ is still lost and needs a saviour. And the angel said, even to Joseph in a dream. Remember in in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Speaking of, uh, the the, the angel speaking of the birth of Christ. About Mary was expecting, the angel says, and she shall call his name Jesus, Yahshua. She shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save. See, he came to save. Friend, there's no messing around with this one. He didn't come to try his best, you know. Christ didn't come to try his best. Christ came for his own. He came to save For thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Do you know, friend, if you're not in Christ, you're wrapped up in sin. Well, you know, you say, I'm too bad. It's a wonder the building's still standing after me walking into it. I've been such a bad person. For I'm going to tell you, I could start from the back to the front, from the left to the right, and I could tell you a story after story after story, including this man, about where we were, the pit we were in, when Christ came and lifted us out of it. Oh, friend, there's nothing, no sin too great that he cannot forgive for those that come in repentance. He shall save his people from their sins. In Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, Paul writes, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Under the law. Do you know we're told that sin is a transgression of the law? 
Not talking about the 30 mile an hour speed limit here. Not talking about the 70 mile an hour speed limit going down the motorway. Talking about the law of God. The law of God. Answer in your own heart. Have you ever stolen even something small? Even something small. Maybe even time from your boss, which wasn't your own to take. A phone call without asking. Have you ever stolen? Have you ever murdered? Oh, well, no, I haven't done that now. But Jesus says if you're angry in your heart without cause, you're murdering your brother, your sister, in your heart. He amplifies the law. Have you ever committed adultery? Well, no, I haven't went that far. Well, I can tell you, Jesus says, even if you look with lust in your eye, you're an adulterer. Hey, so you stand before God then. And if you've admitted in your own heart that even the three of those, you're a thief, you're a robber, you're an adulterer, you're a murderer. And that's how you stand before God. That's how you'll stand before God. Now ask yourself, and be honest with yourself, what would be the pronunciation, what would God pronounce over your life? Guilty or innocent? If you're outside of Christ. God looked and seen the lawbreakers. Sent forth his only begotten son. Why? That you and I who had broken his law. And were sinful. And sinners even in our very nature. That Christ would die. That we might be forgiven. Whenever we come in repentance to the cross. When I stand before God. How will I stand? I'm going to be honest with you. Not guilty. Is that arrogant? No. Because I'm trusting in Christ. And when he looks at me, he looks at me not guilty because Jesus has paid my debt and I have received him as my Lord and personal Savior. His blood has washed away my sin and he's washed away yours too if you're a child of God. Praise his name, eh? Eh? Will you say amen tonight? Christian, this is the greatest news that's ever come onto this planet. The greatest news that was ever pronounced. It was the angel saying, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Here's good tidings. Here's great joy tonight. You know what these shepherds done? Finish with this. You know what they done? As soon as they heard it, they ran the whole way. Looking for him. They ran to him. Do you hear that? They ran to him. They ran to Jesus. They ran right to where he was. Friend, will you run to him tonight? Will you run to him? Because he says, him that cometh unto me. I will in no wise cast out. He won't turn you away. Why did he come? He came to save you. Came to save me. Why did he come? That you might be forgiven. Because he loves you. And he wants you to share in his glory. And to be with him. May God bless his word to us tonight. For Jesus' name's sake. Amen.